Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, welcome to Elijah Streams. And the, the program today is Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. All right, let's see. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to tell you that we, okay, so the sun is kind of out here and and we're all outside of Salem and we had snow today. Not only did we have snow, but did we have snow, but 90 minutes north of us in Portland, Oregon, they had snow that stuck. Now show that clip, uh, show that photo. That's, we grabbed that off of someone's Facebook. That's this morning in Portland, Oregon, 42,000 people are without power. You know, that shows you how much we weren't prepared for snow today. <laughs> you know, the trees are out and all that. And, and for all we know, they got enough snow to crack some limbs and then and knock some lines out. But um, that's amazing. I want to read to you a, a, a prophetic word that, that was received. Amanda Grace had it in Mar- on March 25. And then we po- happened to post it again, or maybe even post it for the first time. Yeah, first time in April 7, which was four days ago. And this is what it says, quote, you shall see snowfall in very unlikely places as the earth is being cleansed and purged and purged as the enemy attempts to get ahead of his appointed time. So um, I don't know if this is the application of what Amanda saw, but it certainly is one of them. If there's ever a state that needs to be cleansed, it would be our state that we live in. So you know, all those riots in Portland, that all happened in Portland. It was one of the most on the news of across the state of, of the ongoing riots that was in Portland. So if there's if we ever needed an unexpected cleansing snow, this is that. So I just wanted to tell you about that. It's pretty exciting. It was weird because here we looked out the window and the snow, as far as I could see, was just coming down. Um, but it was warm enough that it didn't stick. And then about... 30 minutes later, this bright sun was out. It was very bizarre, uh, but in a good way. So anyway, well, listen, okay, I want to uh, remind you about the wells that we're digging in Uganda. Of course, we're working on the Native American peoples. Uh, We're working on making contact, especially in the Navajo Nation. We kind of have our eye on that, but there's other, I think we talked about the Lakota Sioux um, Nation and different um, tribes and peoples that we will want to see how we can help them get some water wells that are badly needed. But, you know, I said the wells that we're putting in, but you are the ones that are paying for that. Um, we we had originally set up to do 36 wells this year, uh, which is three wells a month. And, and I told them, go ahead and do six wells this month. We're going to see how, if we can keep that up. Uh, if we do that, you know, um, we got a late start changing it to six, but we may put in 60 different freshwater wells. Uh, this year, even just in Uganda. So you all are doing that. The reward, that scripture that says, whoever even gives so much as a cup of cold water will certainly not lose his reward. That's you. That means when you go to be with the Lord one day, you'll be rewarded for sowing into those wells because uh, a significant portion of everything you donate, every everything you donate, a significant portion goes into the well. So we thank you. They thank you. God thanks you. So, all right, let's bring Johnny Enlow in here. There he is. Hey, Johnny, good to see you. Hey, Steve, good to see you. Good to, good to see you. I, we're excited about uh, today. We're going to do something different. Uh, and we ongoingly, we're going to start asking you questions. You know, as we ask questions for Cat Kerr, we're going to do the same thing. That's, you know, you and I worked that all out. So, but we'll work out how how it goes. But before we get into the 
Q&A. Um, just tell us what's going on and what, what you wanted to talk about before that, because I know you have some things in your heart before we do that. Well, it's related to that. You know, um, first of all, for those uh, who I say who need to hear it, um, you know, the prophetic narrative that's been being laid out that we've been airing, uh, laying out hasn't changed. Exposure, exposure, exposure. More than that, there, are, there is so much uh, going on. It's no longer even behind the scenes. It is uh, literally, unless you are uh, blinded by whatever remnant of smog and fog that mainstream media still has, you should be able to see more and more uh, that, you know, their governments are toppling. That was part of, I think, a week ago, I was saying April, we'd see governments topple. I know at minimum, uh, we've seen it happen in Pakistan. And I think there was two other places um, that are in some kind of process um, as well. And and um, uh, the idea was not to go through them as well. Corporations are toppling. Wow. Um, <clears throat> exposures, not just exposures with no justice, but exposures that begin to encounter justice as never before. Many of those are, are at work and in the horizon. And, you know, the Lord wants us. Uh, there's, uh, it will say among the patriots, there's a thing, trust a plan. Is there a plan? Can you trust a plan? Well, you can for sure trust the master plan. There you go. <clears throat> bigger than that, the master planner, because mm -hmm. this is his initiative. This is not something just some patriots decided to do and see if we can dra drag God into it. This whole thing is orchestrated, initiated by God. And it's, it is leading and part of a Red Sea moment, a deliverance and a rescue operation. But it's a, a unique rescue operation where he's also asking us, as with the children of Israel, uh, not just to remain passive. There are things they had to move. They had to get out of comfort. And so that was how they participated, even with the rescue operation. This is not like waiting for a rapture in your room and be pulled out somewhere. This is begin moving into freedom and liberty, march towards your a promised land. And so that part, the, the master narrative is not only uh, still in effect, it's becoming more and more obvious. And the Lord is rolling this out at his speed as his plan uh, is designed to do. And so anyway, that's that's the front part. Now we get to uh, it's been amazing the, the last few days also to encounter just pockets of the Holy Spirit uh, just in our city, Franklin and Nashville, Tennessee, and to encounter different people uh, that are facilitating a move of God. I was having a meeting this morning with a, a, a pastor who um, he has a unique outreach to bikers and prisons awesome. and, and things like that. And he's really experiencing so much of the Holy Spirit. It's uh, it's off the grid. He wasn't prepared for it. And, and um, we had met a couple of years ago. And so he just wants to make sure it's okay to experience as much as the Holy Spirit as he is doing and, and what's happening. And so we have these different gatherings of, of people beginning to happen on the side of Friday morning thing with suddenly out of nothing, there's 50 men, uh, you know, beginning to wow. take, uh, take responsibility for their city and nation and, uh, and something here in this County. I might tell more about it at, an, at another time. And a Tuesday night meeting, you know, a couple hundred, 300, two or 300 people. Wow. So things off the normal grid of what we would consider church, but the ecclesia arising in different ways. And all of them are marked by uh, some level or another, the intervention of the Holy Spirit and him coming in. And this connects with 
um, the prophetic. And that's what we want to talk about uh, at some point here. And I probably immediately uh, I had started, I, I had written down as a sentence, a prophetic church is the best cure for false prophecy and false prophets. And I go on to explain that once you learn to recognize the voice of God yourself, then he gives you the Holy Spirit inside of you, gives you, you know, the ding, the ding, 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 ding. That's me. That's me. That's me. When you hear something and it'll give you the, eh, you know, <laughs> that that's that's not me. And that's really how uh, that's how we're supposed to advance is how the body of Christ is meant to grow in this. It's not our problem is not really the need for more, you know, superstar high level prophets. It's really for a church that recognizes the voice of God at a new level. And so hopefully over these next several weeks, Steve, we'll we'll be able to hit some of those things and, and uh, awesome. you know, awesome. teach, on, teach on hearing the voice of God yeah. and what it looks like and all that. So well, we want to put up on now as we get into questions, it's too late to get in questions for today. But for next week, we're going to put up a website and you tell me if I if I preempted anything that you were going to say before questions. Did you have anything else to say before the questions? No, go ahead. Okay, so we see there, it's under my picture, but Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. You should probably put that under Johnny's if you can. JohnnyEnlowUnfiltered.com. That's this website we've set up just so you can write your questions. So, and before, but before I ask this first question, uh, I want to address one thing you said about the ding, 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 or the eh. You know, I, that first happened, I witnessed that in like 1985. It was at the big vineyard in Anaheim. That's where... We had discovered the vineyard and things were moving. And, and one day someone had a profound uh, tongue out loud. The whole audience heard it or the whole congregation heard it. And then someone began to interpret the, and they went on to talk about how God is angry that we're filling our body with all these horrible things and this food that we shouldn't, and we're not taking care of it. And he was done and there was this dead silence. And John Wimber was still at the microphone. He said, that is not the interpretation of the tongue. We will wait for the interpretation of the tongue. And then, then a, a very edifying uh, prophetic word came forth that was from. So that's kind of what you mean about the ant versus. <laughs> the absolute, perhaps before you get into the question as well, you know, the prophetic is something the Holy Spirit did teach me uh, decades ago now. It's the advanced weaponry of heaven. You can say the, the nuclear weaponry of heaven. And it's where, if you think about it, it's where he shares and allow us to steward his actual communication. And, and so what's the value of his communication? Well, that's how everything was made. In the beginning, God said, let there be. And so let there be caused it to happen. And so the Lord taught me, he said, if you actually capture what I say and repeat it on earth, then what happens is that same power that was released then, and again, this is kind of revealed in Ezekiel 37. At some point, we can go into that. It, it begins, it releases that same creative power on earth. And so amazing that a God would release his nuclear weapons with us. And, and but when you, when you process that, then you understand why the prophetic is the most warred against, the most counterfeited, the most infiltrated of anything, uh, of any of our spiritual weaponry at all. So you find you know, a, a prophet or a prophetic voice will simultaneously be the person who brings the most life and fruit in the church and will also be the one that causes the most damage awesome. because 
if, if yeah. he's operating out of a false spirit or a wounded spirit or a bitter spirit, then you find that there's ability to have great damage. And so you find this effect where people decide, leadership decides it's too hard to function with the prophetic. And so they, they decide just to exit out. But the Lord showed me that that's what a church body that doesn't allow the prophetic to flow. Mm. It's going to be highly sterile. Uh, you know, the church at, without the prophetic becomes yeah. sterile. You have the leader trying to do something. And so we have to approach it sort of, I remember, I don't know how much it's still going on this way around the world, but the $100 bill is the most counterfeited bill on the planet. We would go many nations in Central and South America, and it'd be the hardest thing if you had $100 bills. Um, it would either, I'm sorry, we don't take hundred dollar mm. bills and it'd be because it's so counterfeited mm. or they would give it the once over and put it in a light and do everything else. And so the, the, you know, you could say the temptation was let's not keep any hundred dollar bills. That's obviously foolish. Why yeah. would you allow, why would you allow the abundance of counterfeit hundred dollar bills cause you to throw away a legitimate hundred dollar bill? And so it's the same way. That's why I think these, these times, Steve, are going to be so important and you're going to have so much to uh, add on this because you've obviously been Grand Central Station for the prophetic for a long, <laughs> yeah. long time. You've seen every variation, every uh, distortion, deformation. And if we can learn to grow a little bit as a body of Christ, we can make these nuclear weapons, these advanced weaponry of heaven as valuable and as powerful as they're supposed to be. And again, just okay. the example you just gave of in John Wimber in the church, you know, you decided we're going to be a prophetic church. We're going to let anybody just talk and say anytime at any time they want. And that was a surprise to people in our 15 years of, uh, of being known as a prophetic church is you couldn't just come and just, yay, my people, I would say, and just let, let out. And I'm not <laughs> saying you're wrong if you do that, but we had a system. It's like we, we would have somebody who has prophetic oversight of that meeting who's very advanced in the prophetic. And you were like, you go there, tell them what you're hearing. And then so there's a permission in order for you to yeah. come, uh, come do that. Because if not, really uh, one last thing on it, kind of kind of comical in a way. This was years ago that um, it was actually my brother-in-law told me, I think it was in Oakland, California. There was a lady as a prophetic church, but it's one of these churches that just allowed everything to fly in the meeting. And a lady that. Yay, my people, because that's kind of the old fashioned <laughs> Pentecost way. Yay, my people, I would say unto you, it's a scary world. And I'm scared. <laughs> and I'm scared too. So I'm God that it's a scary world, and he's scared too. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, it's it, it, to, to, to use the first shallow point, but it's also a very deep point is sometimes it's not that hard to discern an incorrect word. Sometimes it's so off. That it's something your irritating friend would say, or you would say. When people don't know this, most people don't know this, but the reason the Elijah list existed, uh, which formed in 1997, is I had taken my own prophetic training, advanced training under Bill Hammond's group, and I came back from that, and I was I would just hang out and listen, watch. There were the very early stages of people posting prophetic words. The internet was brand new. We had just Netscape, just a very very new stuff. And then I would see these multiplicity of words posting things like the church, and they would always use the word nostrils. You know, the, the church is is a stench in the nostrils of God, and then and and my people are a stench in my nostrils, and they go on and on. And I thought, you know, this isn't really hard. That's not God. No. And I thought, why is there so much of this? So I thought, I I said to myself, 
I have a few friends that went to our local church. I'm just going to start my own little list. That's all I ever, ever intended to do was start a little list. for 30, So I put 30 friends on it. And then I posted a couple of edifying words. And the next thing I know, people are subscribing, which I was not going for. And, and then the rest is history. So, well, well anyway, let's, let's jump into the, here's the first question that, that I'm kind of blending several together and I'm going to put it in my own Steve twist on it. But okay, back in 2016, uh, when uh, words were coming out that Trump would absolutely win the election, there, uh, I'm just going to get, here's two examples. These are not real people. I'm just making up the example. What both people say and are absolutely certain that God is saying Trump is going to win, not only win, but win by a landslide or whatever it is. And so they say that. Okay, both of them get it right. One's a prophet and one is just prophesying. So what's the difference if they're both getting it right? What's the difference then between a prophet and one who prophesies? Well, that goes into... um... The, um, something that could be very extensive, but we'll do the, the the briefer version of it for now. It's a frequent question. What's the difference between prophetic? Is that kind of the same idea, Steve? The yeah, difference between absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and being a prophet. And right. some will say, well, there's an office of the prophet. Well, and you won't, problem is biblically, you don't really find this term, the office of the prophet or a whole lot of information and teaching on it. So even that sort of construed from from different things uh, that exist in the scripture, but it's not clear for me. And, and again, this is my, my take on it is, uh, you know, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians 14 says, you may all prophesy. And so if we get into it even deeper, we might read this scripture at some point, depending on what other questions come along. He begins in first in first Corinthians 14, he begins talking about speaking in tongues. And, and he says, you know, I wish that all you speak in tongues and I speak in tongues more than all you. But then he says even more that you would prophesy. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, I speak in tongues more than all you. But you know what? I wish even more that you would that you would prophesy. And so then he lays out later on, you may all prophesy one by one. But if you go through these scriptures that we at some point will hit hit upon uh, of first Corinthians 14, we will find out that it is it is. absolute that there is permission and ability for anyone to prophesy. Um, I, if I go into the teaching of it, I was like, if, if you're not healed of bitterness and and resentment, things like that, it's best you don't really, uh, you know, give your words to anyone because it, it will taint and, mm. and add toxins to whatever you're giving. So there's a part of learning how to be. But uh, if you're a member of the body of Christ, prophesying is supposed to be as natural as breathing. It's supposed to be like it's a, and you don't say, well, I'm not good at it. I can't do it. It's sort of like telling a baby you're not called to walk because the first time they try to take a step, <laughs> they fall over. You know, That's every good. single baby, nine, 10, 11, whatever months that they take their first step, um, they fall. It's, we, I've never heard of a baby like she just got up, started walking and she's never <laughs> fallen now. But there's sort of sometimes that level of uh, uh, of pressure put on those who practice the prophetic in the body of Christ is the very first time you ever do it. You're supposed to do it perfectly and you're supposed to be able to walk in the prophetic from then on. No, he said, my sheep know my voice. And so mm-hmm. this is supposed to be natural. The prophetic, if we demystify it, is his sheep hearing his voice and learning to communicate. 
So it's literally for every single one prophesying. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. And then once you begin to get, we'll say, an audience or a following or get, or you get recognized for have, having been so, uh, we'll say, correct time after time, it begins to build. And then at some point, um, you, it, it really is by recognition. You know, it's it's not, even though I know different uh, places and schools and school of the prophets will do an ordaining of a prophet and you're a prophet now, you can carry the card. It's not really what does it. Um, it's that your, your level of you've prophesied and been right so many times that people just start calling you prophet. And then because of that level of growth in the maturing of it, then you get called into situations that would be considered office of the prophet. And so, uh, you know, you wouldn't think, um, I remember I had a, a, a daughter, one of my daughters at 11 years old, we had her on prophetic teams and she was telling people their dreams from the night before and, and, and um, giving amazing prophetic words. And so there was a pastor that came and he was actually a Baptist pastor who came in really to judge what we were doing. And then he got such an amazing word. It just blew him away. He's like, he says, it was God. It was God. It was wow. God. He goes, but you got to help me. He's like, how can an 11 year old be a prophet? Oh, wow. I, I said, well, she's not really, she's being prophetic. And I said, it's fine to call her a prophet, but prophet has to do with seasoning, uh, maturing, and being able to uh, say things from a position of that uh, mature perspective as well. So that's in in short, in simple, um, what I say, the difference between being prophetic and being a prophet. And so people are often going around this thing the wrong way. They're trying to become a prophet through shortcuts of, I went to somebody's school, somebody prophesied over me, somebody laid hands. Those are shortcuts trying to get there. Right. It's um, you got to do the, the due diligence of, you know, you're, it, you have heard God, you spoke it, and it has so blessed people. Word of mouth gets out there. Uh, and and, and I, I still say, if you look, I've done the scriptural search on how they ordain prophets, and I never did see it. Oh, really? Fact, okay. There's uh, nothing there about that, huh? First Corinthians 14. Um, again, we can go for it. Yeah, whatever you want to bring up. First Corinthians uh, 14 is that very uh, same chapter I'm talking Emily, if you want to bring that up, you can. I know Emily's had a, had the... I didn't have this scripture. Lift it. Okay, verse 37. This is the Apostle Paul. And again, First Corinthians 14 is just full of instruction on the prophetic. But he says, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things which I write to you as commandments of the Lord. So there's so much hidden there that you don't think about. He says, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet. So the Apostle Paul in his day, it wasn't so clear. It wasn't, say, it wasn't like, well, so-and-so is a prophet because Peter laid hands on him, because Paul laid hands on him. He's like, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet. That's interesting. You, you see how it's, it, it's revealing in itself that even then there were people that considered themselves prophet. And he's like, if you do, consider the things that I'm telling you. But That's there was, uh, you know. The church was instructed to learn how to discern and judge things for themselves because the pr prophetic ministry is not, or a prophet, is not designed to replace your relationship with God, your communication with God. It is designed to enhance it. And so when you hear it, 
you hear something they're saying, either you go ding, 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 ding. I knew that. He's been speaking that to me. And it's something you had already been telling somebody mm-hmm. else. Or the moment you hear it, you go, wow. You have this thing of prophetic recognition that the moment you hear it, there's the ding, ding, ding. You didn't know it before. You have to acknowledge I'd never thought of that before. But that hits my spirit as truth. So it's not just confirmation. It, it kind of calls out from inside of you that which you didn't believe before, but you now know to be true. And so that's that's uh, good. Uh, that's good. That's that's sort of I don't know if that's uh, deep calling unto deep, but yeah, there's that thing, like you said, you'd never thought about it when someone says it in the moment. You know, there will be people like now, like Barry Wunsch will have some sort of a I call them gut crunches, where he'll have a physical manifestation. Uh, bearing witness, this bearing witness. So some people will get a manifestation, but I know this is not about that today. But but other people will just go, you know what? That is true. I don't even know why I know it, but that is true. And that's probably the majority, right? We'll get it that way. It is. There's a truth detector. You know, as you said earlier, Steve. There's some prophetic words are like pretty easy to pick off, and like that ain't. <laughs> that ain't God. And and then there uh, and, and it's been, we'll say the last couple of years, perhaps there are a lot of uh, more nuances and it can be more difficult. Yeah. There's this thing that's probably conversation can be followed up more at another time. But there's this thing of putting a prophetic word on a shelf where where you go. You know, I don't have a 100 uh, percent ding, 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 but I don't have it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, that's OK. There's like, I'm just not sure about that. So you put it on a shelf and you see if the Lord further confirms that to you in some other way, either the voice scripture speak of the voice of many counselors or if it causes the voice of many waters where you hear it so many times, you're like, OK, that's no longer on the shelf. I own it. I own can, that. Can I ask you a question about the shelf since you mentioned that? Then there's other words that you know, like I had one, and I asked a prophet. In fact, it was Nathan. You know Nathan French. And I asked yeah. him, and I and I said, I got this word, Nathan, and I need to know if it's from the Lord. It was from another prophet. And he confirmed that it was another prophet, and he gave me a specific word. And, he, and then he said, now the Lord says, let's just put that on the shelf for a while. And that was a different kind of a shelf. It was like, I just wanted you to know, don't do anything. I just want you to know what's coming. What what about that? Yeah, um, I think that's that's good. There's just so many ways the Lord uh, wants to, wants us to learn how to hear what He's saying, and and He wants us to learn how to. Uh, this is an important point. He wants us to learn how to receive from each other as well. And there's you know we'll say those that attack and oppose the prophetic is like God can speak to me Himself, and that is. That is so true. But one of the primary ways he wants you to learn how to hear his voice is as he's speaking to your brothers and sisters. And that's just a that's foundational so part of, so good. Uh, of learning from the body of Christ. And when you don't have the humility for him to speak that again, you still have the bottom line, uh, not just an option, but it's your responsibility is to discern if it's from God for you. Again, you go by that. The truth detector inside does your truth detector say uh, you know, ding, 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 or, eh, or it's like, sometimes you can't handle it for the moment. Somebody's just told you revealed something about your destiny. That's so big. It overpowers your faith is too small to believe what's being told. And, but it's, it's the first hit on that. God's about to speak on that 
uh, again. So anyway, it's all part That's of the let me, let me ask you a question, and I don't know if it's in New King James. I forgot to look this up. This and when I took my training from Bishop Hammond and the team, 1994, and he they hammered this thing uh, home. Which you know we're told in in the Ten Commandments, do not covet not thy neighbor's wife nor anything that's a neighbor. But in the New Testament, there's one thing in the King James Version that says covet to prophesy, and they said you are supposed to covet to desire. Some versions say desire earnestly to prophesy. Um, so talk about the the place of desiring. Why would God want you to desire? or even covet something that you don't have? What does that accomplish? Well, this is so good. And, and this is where, um, where it's so valuable to have the scriptures of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And, and that verse you're talking about is specifically that comes out of, I mean, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but you happen to run right into where my Bible is open. Awesome. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And, and then it goes on to say desire spiritual gifts. But again, there's the, the language when you get to it, it actually is telling you that word. It's, it's stronger. It's covet um, spiritual gifts. And so then it goes into the spiritual Crazy. gifts and it names nine of them. And so it, it, it and it's worth hearing these. Uh, and this is in verse uh, because I, re- I just feel like the Holy Spirit's reminding me that there are new ones with us and we want them to understand this yeah. as well. But first Corinthians 12. And uh, verse four, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, diverse differences of ministries, but the same Lord, diversities of activity, the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given each one for the profit of all. For to one is given word of wisdom through the spirit to another word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit works in all these things, distributing to each individual as he wills. So these are the spiritual gifts. The spirituals is the original language on it that we are to covet earnestly. And it mentions prophecy within there. But it's not just that it mentions prophecy. If you actually understand and again, at some point, Steve would be, you know, we could have a whole um, uh, a whole one of these um, interviews over a word of wisdom. What you've learned, what we've oh, learned, yeah. oh, the yeah. word of wisdom is amazing. Word of knowledge is is different and it's uh, uh, amazing as well. Then it mentions prophecy, it mentions discerning of spirits. And then it mentions interpretation of tongues. You find that five of these nine gifts of the spirit absolutely have to be considered prophetic gifts. One of them even called prophecy. Or you, then, could you use the word, they're all revelatory. revelatory. They're all receiving revelation from above, right? They're, they're all, they're all yes, they're all receiving revelation. So they're prophetic gifts. There and so go. we're supposed to desire them. And so why should we desire them? Because what happens is people start correcting 1 Corinthians 12 with 1 Corinthians 13. It's like, even though you prophesy and have all, uh, giftings and all this. If you have lo- not love, it it it's you know it's worthless for you. That's that's what uh, I'll read the first verse of First Corinthians thirteen. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith. Why is he saying that? Because he just the previous chapter went into how powerful and valuable 
they are. And so it's if I don't have love, if I don't have love, uh, you know, love never fails. Prophecies will fail. That's verse eight. Um, and it says we know in part we prophesy in part. Verse nine that, you know, the prophetic and prophecy are always going to be uh, in part. But if you love, it's it's the fulfillment of it. So he's like, well, OK, then let's just forget the gifts and let's just be a part about love. Well, here's the deal. His love testifies of his power and his power testifies of his love. So you can't separate them. You can't say, let's just learn to love each other and tell people how much God loves them, but not operate in his power. Because what those gifts are, are expressions of his power. So you tell somebody, God loves you. He has no power to heal you, deliver you, give you any direction. It's like, what yeah, kind the, of love is yeah, that? The, what kind of love is that? <laughs> right. I was going to say the same thing. So then he does, I call it the divine sandwich. Like there's a piece <laughs> of bread. It's 1 Corinthians 12. Hey, yeah. you better not just, I'm open to the spirit. I'm open to the gifts. I tell pastors and leaders, I'm, I'm open. I said, well, you're never going to get them being open because it doesn't say he will allow these to be poured out on those who are open to it. It says desire earnestly. You better mm. understand the value. Just my parents were missionaries in Peru, South America, and my dad grew up in a traditional denomination without the movement of the Holy Spirit. And he was fine with that until he went onto the mission field into the jungle where people are, uh, you know, the demonic was all over the place. Demon, demonic manifestation, witch doctors, witchcraft. And he just found out that what he learned in seminary wasn't cutting it. It wasn't happening. He was powerless. And so he began for 10 years to earnestly desire the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because he needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to confront the level of darkness that was there. So you need the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not to show off, not to build a ministry, but it's for practical advancement of the kingdom. And if, and if you can't find within you the desire to earnestly desire, it, it just means you're not really out there enough where you mm. need to be because you should be earnestly desiring his communication and all his power giftings. And then it says, yeah, do it in love. It's not for you to build a ministry. It's not for you to show off. It's to advance my love. You're telling people I love them. And if you can't deliver them after you tell them you love them, it kind of comes across hypocritical. So then he puts, so I say that, you know, ham and cheese, the sandwich part is love is the main thing. So the That's bread good. on this size. And then, it, but then he goes, what does he start out chapter 14 with? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Again, that word desire is the one they've told you is covet intense so pursue love and desire so he just puts them together so the love is from 13 the desire spiritual gifts is from chapter 12 but this is where it goes into what our theme is but especially that you may prophesy so in this divine sandwich he's like okay you want the power gifts yes love is the main thing then he's like now you all should be prophesying and this is the divine sandwich we want to we want to eat. And you put them all together. There's great balance that comes out. There's great teaching, explanation in every kind of way. And probably progressively as we move forward, uh, we, we will get there. But we want to understand that this is something to be desired. To operate in the prophetic is to be desired. Not so you have a reputation, not so you have a following, but because it becomes a very practical way. The love of God is poured out, poured out on someone. It's just hundreds and hundreds of times where I'm ministering to somebody. I get something for them, uh, whether whether you get a detail about them or you just a desire of their heart that God speaks through you to them. And it's amazing. They can have all kinds of resistance. But when when all of a sudden the communication of heaven comes through, 
It's like it just opens okay. them wide open. You know, you've okay. seen that many yeah. times. Yeah. Well, let me. Uh, okay, so here's another question. Okay, I'm. Uh, I'm going to make up this as if I'm asking the question. Okay, so Johnny, I've seen this guy or this woman. I and I will say I have never seen such accuracy in this person. Almost everything they say is very, very clear. It's confirmed in the audience. It's things they could never have known. It's not just names and addresses, but it's, it's literally the secrets of their heart that no one could have filtered to them. They are the most accurate person I've ever, ever seen. Does that then confirm to me their life and their walk with God and their theology because of that? No, not only does it not confirm that, it doesn't even it doesn't even make them more of a prophet. Um, It's still just being prophetic. You can get details and names and people might call someone a prophet because of it, but a prophet does entail a higher level of maturity. And if you go to the biblical definitions, you find out that a prophet has to be one that's also equipping the saints. So, and what does that mean? It's not just a spiritual jargon, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It says it's built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And it doesn't mean you need to have a psychic network fellow that you're looking to. It means when it talks about the prophets being in that place, a prophet is supposed to be one who is also be able to train and equip the body of Christ in hearing and recognizing the voice of God and how to deliver it. So part of what we've, you know, we've trained thousands and thousands. And, and part of what we say is, you know, what was confusing for me, I know, because I didn't have these, I didn't have unusual visitations and, and I didn't consider myself prophet or prophetic uh, in any way in the early years because I didn't have these out of body uh, right. encounters or open visions and things like that. And so I was assuming it wasn't, but then I began to learn that, you know, the the idea that you're going to get audible communication from God, and that's how you know you're a prophet. Um, I found out even biblically, some of those who got audible communication from God weren't even believers. And 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 there's and some of the most vivid dreams would be Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar and 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 guys that were not so anybody can get the revelation itself, including um, including the words themselves, and that what we want to you know, it's pretty in our day and age, it's easier to understand. We'll say than back another generation or multiple generations before communication is just in the air. The reason we can do this right now is somehow we have all the things, the receptors and satellites and everything that allow communication to take place. This, the idea that we could be talking like this uh, across, you know, you're on one side of the nation. I'm on the other and it's going worldwide. I don't know, scores and scores, probably over a hundred nations right now that this is going on. This would be considered magic in a previous generation or mm-hmm. whatever, because how is communication like this taking taking place? And in the same way, at any moment, the communication of God is is everywhere because people like he just doesn't speak. That's one of the biggest complaints of God's people. He's not speaking. He is communicating off the charts. But what we haven't learned how to do is lift our antenna, turn our receptors, knock out the filters. You know, the um, what do we call it when there's noise get the interference interference Interference. yeah so that's part of what we want to learn how to do and and be part of our training and teaching is how how do you tune in and what does it look like to tune in where he's not talking audibly but you're hearing his voice how does what is that 
And so we learn to do what they've learned to do in the natural is to pick up uh, information and communication and, and, and make it usable. This is really just an example in the natural what's happened. They've, they've figured it out how to extract from the air because this had to be just available in the air for them to do this. We don't have a right. line, a telephone line that goes or electricity line that goes from here to Oregon. We're in Tennessee. We don't have a line that does it. It's something in the air. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. And so God's communication is always there. In the beginning was the Word. And so this is Jesus. Communication is his essence, is who he's about, what he's about. The idea that we don't need the prophetic is is just faulty on so many levels because we need his communication. He wants to communicate with us. That's the big uh, surprise for many people. No, no, no. If he wanted to communicate with me, he'd talk. He said, no, no, no. He is communicating off the charts in all kinds of ways, but he considers it a privilege for you to discover that. He considers it a treasure to be discovered. You know, that Proverbs scripture, um, the glory of a king, uh, I got is to conceal a matter that one. Yes. And then royalty people will dig for it. will will go after it. So he is the rewarder, not of those who are open to things. He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek. So That's you'll good. find me, the Lord will say, I have something in this soccer game. I'll have something in this horse race. I'll have something in this eclipse event. So then he's like, will you go ahead and look into where I'm telling you I have something so he doesn't reward laziness. Laziness. He doesn't uh, impose upon us in in that kind of way, but he invites us to go after him and go after his communication through all these uh, different different ways. So, but yeah. but okay. So but Johnny. So if someone is really really, they're always getting this revelation. They're open to it, and not only open to it, desiring it, but they're receiving it. They're passing it on along. That at least must prove to us that they are close to God, intimate with God, and friends with God. Yet, true or false? Um, you know, it, it's if I have to do one, it's, it's it's false, and we both know about these, Steve. You've uh, you, you know, right. we've encountered these people who have had um, audible communication from the Lord, and who have had incredible gifting, and um, uh, again. For them, they've learned how to uh, tune out, and in some ways, uh, it's it didn't happen that way. Here's this just kind of runs with it, Steve. I don't know if you know. I kind of did a an informal study years ago, investigation into the prophetic voices into the uh, at that time, which were the best known prophetic voices. Um, this is 10, 15 years ago, and and um, and I found out there was something unique. It was almost across the board, almost without exception. All the ones that I knew and, and there's friends or the friends of friends is that all of them had suffered tremendous rejection growing up. Wow. Those that were considered prophetic voice, all the ones that had, we'll say, I, I was particularly listing those who have encounters, audible voice, taken to heaven, trances, the stuff we would consider high level prophetic. Yeah. And, and um, their, their processing, uh, their, their growth was marked by extreme um, challenge, difficulty and rejection growing up. And, and you know, a well-known one for, for many of us would be Bob Jones. And people know he's told his own story uh, and growing up in poverty and difficulty. And he wasn't a man of God, 
uh, you know, was he a drunkard and bars and all that kind of stuff early mm. on. And there's a moment of desperation. Many of them, if they're honest, uh, fought, su they were suicidal even. And in that desperation, there was God, where are you, God? It's either reveal yourself to me. We've heard the story. I know it's controversial for some Lonnie Frisbee. He's, you know, uh, um, he, he's laying on top of a mountain there in California, and he's actually under the influence of some drug. He's like, God, reveal yourself to me. And there's God revealed to yourself to me or I'm going to kill myself. And and so he does. And this be, the beginning of their prophetic ministry was desperation where they needed to hear wow. from him in that kind of way. But it didn't necessarily heal the parts of their soul that were uh, tormented and where residual gloom was. And so it it it. In, it you know, it didn't validate them as being the closest friends of God, even though that's part of the truth. He, he communicates with his friends and he talks to his friends. And there's a, there is a friendship with God where he advances his communication with you. But I think those who've experienced that will find out even that is very often mixed. I'll just tell you the way the Lord communicates with me is I'll think we have a niche and then he'll almost turn that channel off and we got to go a different way. And he's, you know, there's ways he'll do it in the middle of the night and there's presence comes with it. And yes, wow. and it's almost angels singing. And then he's, and then he's telling me, and then there's, that dries up and we got to go in a different way. And there's where we learn to um, respond to, uh, to the various forms that he communicates because he wants us in this continual, there, there's even a part of pursuit of God, you know, romance with God in the spiritual sense where you're not just getting, uh, fat and sassy and, and happy with where you're at, but you're ready to continue to move with him and learn. So, you know, there's more to go down that, but yeah, we've seen so many of those who have had the highest level of the prophetic. And you know that as well, Steve, that um, behind the scenes, tremendous, tremendous struggles, struggles with uh, just very severe sins as well. Yeah, and seemingly it's still a puzzle. It's a puzzle because people will say, "Why or how would God do that? Why wouldn't He just remove the gift?" But He doesn't. And then, but there's that scripture where Jesus is telling His disciples and whoever was around listening, "A day will come when many will come to Me saying, didn't we prophesy great things in Your name? Did we? We did great works in Your name, and heal. We heal people in Your name.'" And, and He says, "Depart from Me. I never knew you." So, so what is Jesus trying to communicate when he says, he's, to me, it sounds like a warning. It, to me, it sounds like a warning that he says, you may come up to me one day and said, I did all these things. I prophesied your name. And I'm going to tell you, what was he warning people about in that? Well, one of the main things is just, we have to maintain things. We have to be in relationship with him. There's no, okay. uh, there's no substitute. You know, there are ways there are people who can learn certain principles and and that in these principles and even you preaching these principles cause faith in the people and the faith of the people. The Lord spoke to me because I had this these same questions, questions on so many people, uh, Steve, in years past. I'm like, how are why are you still backing them up? Yeah. Like, it's says, I'm not for their sake. It's for the people's sake. Okay. They're hungry. That's he good. says, there comes a point where I have to allow them to learn lessons as well. But sometimes the desperation is so profound on my people that for my people's sake, that I will allow this gift to continue 
to, uh, you know, give that's them. Interesting. That's actually the best explanation I've ever heard, but it's a good thing it came from God because I like it. But I mean, that's really good, Johnny, because he's saying there will be a time. It's not as if God winks at sin, but he allows it for a season because he gives you a freedom of choice. Uh, and then he'll continue to let you use that prophetic gift that you've had since birth, if I'm understanding. Uh, but then at a, a certain point, he'll say enough. I think some people went home early because they didn't stop. You know, I, I know that I, I was I was given that several years ago and, and just warnings from the Lord about that. There's a scripture. He who being oft rebuke doesn't make the adjustment, doesn't repent. Then there's a sudden for it. So the Lord, um, you know, the options you face as God can't even begin to imagine mm -hmm. him. But, you know, there's a there is he has a choice. If you look at it, he has a, a servant who's living in sin, but has a gift. And then there's a person with great need. And so he, he decides he has to make the choice at this precise moment. Is it more important for me to correct my servant who's in sin? Or is it more important for me to allow this person to encounter uh, what they've been in faith looking to me for, mm. if, that, if that makes sense? And so those are the types of decisions that that the Lord has. But I do believe, you know, there are some there are some fundamental warnings the Lord has for prophetic voices. And, and the more the bigger you're following, the more anointing you have operated in, the more the ante gets upped in the sense of the more accountability you have before the Lord. I know, and I don't want to go into this too much because I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying more than I am. But several years ago I gave, I didn't have as big a platform as I do now, but I said, I just got to give a, a word of warning to prophetic voices around the world. The Lord is saying my bride right now is, is very tender, is frightens very easy, has, is having a very hard time holding on to hope. You better not be scaring her. If you're scaring my bride, if that's primarily what's coming out of what you're saying and what you're doing, what you're advancing, says I'm going to remove you. So oh. I, I, I gave that. Um, and, and actually that very year, I saw a, a fulfillment of that with a couple of, of significant um, vessels. And that's why it's, it's controversial to go there. But we have to understand that, you know, fear is will always find an audience. So. The fact that a lot of people follow a prophetic voice does not make it a legitimate not, voice. Yeah, that's not proof that that it's God because they get a lot of viewers. Because, and, and in the same way, it's not proof that it's not God that they have a lot. But you're saying that's not one of the proofs either way. You're right. Yeah, but yeah. Um, what can I just let me ask you a question about conditional versus non-conditional? There's a scripture I should have looked this up, but. Paul's telling Timothy, you know, war a good war for these prophecies that were given to you by the laying on of hands. What's up with that? If God's prophesying something, why why is there an instruction to war over it? In other words, fight for its fulfillment, I guess. What what's your thoughts on that? Well, that's such that's such a great scripture, an important scripture. And, and so I have an immediate uh, story that comes to mind. So this was um, some years ago. And it was really shortly after the Toronto outbreak of the Holy oh, yeah. Spirit and all that kind of stuff. And it's where my gifting and the prophetic began to go uh, up a lot. And I didn't even know to call it prophetic to me. I was just hearing from God and, and relaying what he was saying. And um, 
So we had this couple from Costa Rica, and I'll just even say their names because I won't say their last name, Arturo and Ruth. And, and so they came to our, our church and um, with the church where we were going at that time, and they were touched and blessed by the Holy Spirit and, you know, kind of fresh from that whole Toronto impartation. And it was really, really powerful. Uh, you know, their bodies shook under the presence and power and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so Root was, had some stage of lupus at, mm. that, at that time, it was kind of earlier stages. And, but there was just like an open heavens over us. And so a series of prophetic words came out that when they came out, I remember to take note because they were, um, they were powerful for her. And they told about um, her leading women and, and, uh, and, and she hadn't stepped into any kind of ministering at all, but leading women and speaking to them and the power of God operating through her. And I can't remember some other things that were um, prophesied her destiny. Okay. Just like yeah. back to scripture. Yeah. And so um, you go ahead a couple of years and one day, I don't remember how many years later, but the, the lupus had, had progressed. And so my friend Arturo calls me on the phone one night from Costa Rica. He says, Johnny, um, I just want to tell you that um, Ruth's, Ruthie's in a coma oh, and wow. the church has gathered around. And um, so he's essentially telling me, I just, you know, want you to know she's dying. I know you're friends with us. And you would, so he wasn't even calling me to uh, pray for her. It was just like letting me know. And as, but as he's telling me that prophetic word from, I can't remember now, two, three, four years before came to me and it just, it struck my spirit in a way. And I was like, no, I was like, uh, she did not fulfill. I knew she had not fulfilled those words there. So I said, Arturo, Ruthie's not dying. And he goes, oh, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. But all the glory to God. He thinks I'm being kind to him and 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 nice. And like we often do, we would say, sure. uh, you're not going to die. Just, you know, yeah. um, but I actually heard, you know, uh, uh, I had actually heard that. And I said, no, Arturo, Root is not dying. And he said, yes, thank you, Johnny. Thank you. We're going <laughs> to, I go, then I, I kind of interrupt, Arturo, listen to me. You're not listening. I said, you hear me this time? I kind of had to get like in his face a little bit. I said, Root is not dying. I said, her destiny has not been fulfilled. There are things prophesied over her life, you know, and I told them the things. I said, they have not been fulfilled. So when we get done, you go pray, you go pray for her and, and you declare those things over her. She is not dying. I said, you get it this time? And I was just like, he's like, yeah. Uh, okay, Johnny. So, and just so you know how advanced, his wife had already told him who he could marry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was advanced. Jeez. That was that was advanced is one of her best friends. And it's like, yeah, you need to marry and this and that and the other. And, um, and so I, uh, he calls me the next morning. Arturo does. So this is a night. And he calls me, he says, Johnny, you're not going to believe what happened. I go, what? He says, I, I, I just went and prayed over her in, in bed at night, declared what you said and went to sleep. Nothing happened. He says, I wake up this morning and she's not in bed. And he says, I look and she's not in bed. And I go, she's working in the garden. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? She's oh, working no. in the garden. She was in coma. The church was gathered around. And um, and so he, he said, amazing. Um, he said, she got out. She told me, by the way, forget that prophetic word 
uh, that I gave you about who you can marry because I'm going to outlive. <laughs> I'm outliving you now. <laughs> that is 15. That is over 15 years ago. And she is alive. But it oh, was. Man. Here's the see. Here's the reality. If you understand it, if I didn't make him fight with the prophetic word, he doesn't have his wife anymore. Um, that that's just like so. Fight with the prophetic words. Now sometimes it's not such uh, so so clear a thing as, as as that. You know, we wonder was that a legitimate word? That's probably a good conversation for another time. But How I do mean, you know that is. I mean, that story gave me goosebumps. So, I mean, had he not called, and of course the Lord was in that having him call you, but you felt that thing. Talk about a ding, ding, ding. If you had not had that fight, I mean, you, the fight rose in you first. And he, it sounds like he kind of just, instead of fight said, okay, Johnny said, do this. I guess I'll. He was like, he's like, we've already, you have no idea how many fastings and prayings and things yeah. and meetings and all this, but it literally is the prophetic word that was spoken to. It was a prophetic word that came to my mind. It's like, no. And that was it. But why? Okay. So, you know, we ask each other why, and we don't always have answers. We rarely have answers, but yeah. it, they, he was fighting with all the fastings and prayers. Why did that fighting not work? And, and it worked with you. Why? What, what would be the difference if you can even. Well, that's the part where, you know, we have mystery and everything that takes place, but there's, there, there's clearly some level of fighting we do. That's a lower level of faith. And, and there's things, you know, sometimes uh, um, prayer meetings can just be uh, complaint sessions, uh, uh, religious complaint sessions that nobody there is. Op- I've just found that people who haven't seen God do something profound, like there's a difference of it's the prayer of faith that that does something. And we don't want to, again, become head cases over it. We're not saying God doesn't hear you if you if you don't have faith. He cares for everything. He has at least. I would even teach on that. It's like, if you want pity from God, he'll give you pity. But faith requires you to see a bigger God with greater possibilities. And you have to see it. And in some way, the quantum world explains this better than anything. You know, oh, the, interesting. Micro, the micro tiny world is that matter at the subatomic particle level actually blinks on once it knows it's being seen. It knows like it'll be there dormant. And it's baffled. It's why, you know, the, the, the quantum physicists are still baffled. Like, how does it know it was seen? And then depending on who saw it, it does something different. I know it's crazy stuff. So, that stuff so is matter, crazy. So, so he's the alpha and the omega. He's the micro. He's the macro. So that's the big God who's like that. And that I think it's an instructive for us that at the micro tiny, if you can see something, it activates it. So it's you can crazy. see it's one thing to do a prayer because you know you should, but you're already half planning for it's not going to happen or you've never seen God do anything. So you don't really know. It's why it's always good to get somebody of faith involved in your fights as well to uh, to be be a part of that. Because if somebody has seen because what I had seen, I saw you can say I went and fine tuned saw I saw her future where she's leading women. Uh, you know, in Bible study and in worship and and all that. And I saw that. And so I activated the thing that I saw and it had to manifest at that moment. You know, it's like that quantum thing. I used to think, isn't that amazing? They're discovering things about the quantum and that God has quantum stuff going on. And I'm thinking that there's us. And then there's the quantum stuff that's doing its thing. 
But instead of it being like that, the quantum stuff is there for us. We are the stars. We are the, you know, we're the stars for the quantum world. It's sitting there not doing anything until we do, until we think the right thoughts or look the right way, right? It's kind of like that. It's activated through observation. It's It's amazing. So they they found out, I mean, this is just amazing that what we think is anything hard is not that if you just keep breaking down, breaking down, it dis- it's nothing. It's nothing visible, but it's a, 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 an energy circle like a spinning donut, micro tiny donut that has a frequency. That's what all matter is. And that it's it's flipped on through observation. Yeah, it's just crazy. If you can uh, see it. And it's so crazy. You want this to be able crazy. to see that. And that's why the prophetic is powerful. It's because you are stepping into seeing things. You're seeing the invisible. That's crazy. That, the invisible is the quantum that which requires you. Uh, uh, so you know, in these in these uh, quantum uh, uh, say events that that take place, they're they're literally turning on these um, high high powered uh, microscopes. There's something else they're called besides that, but essentially high powered microscopes. And when they when they when they actually get to see it. That's when it bl- blinks on, and it did not blink on with energy, <laughs> new energy, it's just, until it's seen. I can so just, not, yeah. I can sense the Lord's pleasure in just having us even talk about it because yeah. we're, we're talking about stuff He put into place. You know, not just we discovered it, but He wanted us to discover it. Okay, one last question. I want to talk about the interpretation of a prophecy, and I use my my life as an example. I was 25 years old, 29, somewhere in there. I had heard one of the first prophecies, prophetic words that was ever given to me personally. And I was in, lived in California, going to a vineyard. And it was a home group, and this prophet came through, and he came around to me, and he said, you are first fruits. Everything that's going to happen to your family and friends are going to happen to you first. And so I processed that through my left brain, and I had, had just left what was almost a cult, I'm not saying it was a cult, but it was cult-like. Uh, and every, almost everything I had believed was wrong. So I, I process that since I left that, and God, then my job was to help other people live that because he said, whatever's happened to you first is going to happen to them. So I took on a false responsibility. I misinterpreted it. Instead of having the Lord just describe what would happen, I thought he was giving me marching orders. Talk about people misinterpreting their word, the prophetic word. Well, that's that was a learning. Uh, it didn't uh, work out well, by the way. It never worked. <laughs> All I did was make enemies. So that and I, well, and, and what I have to refer to is as soon as you tell me, I have the first time I, I, I learned that. And there's probably multiple other better examples, but I'll just tell the one I, I learned because that was one of my first um my first lessons from the Lord was actually the first, my first awareness that I had a prophetic, um, there was a prophetic anointing and that I needed to be really careful with things I said. Again, um, I don't think we said it. I don't know where we exactly said it, but I, I have been being called a prophet for over 25 years I, without introducing myself just because of things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the way I've said it and I have been prophesying for um, many more years than that and and you know the the early 10 15 years uh, 
learning learning so much probably did as much damage as as good because mm. no no instructor for me but i remember um went to the nation of peru 1995 and so the story that comes to mind is i'm in this church and and i'm in, in the city of trujillo peru and in a region of the city it's a city of about a million that's called rio seco and so rio seco means dry river and it's the whole city and the whole region the whole coast of peru is just dry desert big you know, desert, terrible desert. And, and they never have rain and water or anyway. So Rio Seco. So in the, in the middle, I start, I might've been during worship. I said, you know, the Lord has shown me Isaiah 44, three and four rivers in the desert and this and that and the other. And I said, in this very area that's called Rio Seco, the river of God is going to flow right. Wow. There. I said, I saw a river and I saw it sweep, pick you up as a church and sweep you away. And so they were, Yay, um, uh, good deal. And and so I saw it. And so I said it. Well, about three or four months later, the pastor calls me. He goes, Johnny, why didn't you tell me that was a natural word? And so I go, what? He said the El Nino phenomenon, you know, the river where yeah. great, great rains came. They had huge rains came in, unprecedented rains in the area of Trujillo, which is always desert and never gets rain. And so it formed a little river and that church physically got carried away. Oh, and really? Oh, <laughs> church. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> and, and so I was like, God, wow, you got to tell me these things. And he's like, son, you got to ask me these things. Um, and so there was, that's just a little example, but yeah, misunderstanding a prophetic word applying giving application that he didn't intend mm. you know that's a whole conversation for another it time a lot. It, i think it happens all the a lot all the time doesn't it you know there's uh, prophetic is revelation interpretation application revelation getting the vision the dream the word from god is actually the easy part interpretation and application even if we talk about trump getting that he wins is the to me the easy part that's and he did Okay, even 2020. I also said it in 2016. He wins. What I didn't, uh, I didn't get as well. I didn't know 2020. So he wins. Okay, but it's going to be def there's going to be fraud. There's going to be delay. There's going to be all these other things. Well, those are just missing pieces of 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 the revelation. And, uh, and I mean, you know, that's just going back to a story everybody knows about or, or a topic that everybody's familiar with. But it's why it's so uh, it's both challenging, but it's fun adventure with God if we'll take it that way. OK, here's a picture. Here's a prophetic word. Here's a symbol um, that normally means this. And then we take it. It's never over once you see or hear something. It's the beginning. Then it's like, OK, so what does this mean? OK, how do we apply it? And and those are things we should we should get into in the future more and more. And it'll be part of, again, the body of Christ growing up in the prophetic and recognizing the prophetic. So the goal is and I know we're in um, ending this part right here. But when we were training our own church in the prophetic, our church became very prophetic. And part of it was it was important for me that the church was prophetically mature. And I would tell them I would even bring at, at that time. There was Elijah streams. Um, it was Elijah words that would come out, go to the body of Christ. And I say, you should be able to tell within two lines of reading a prophetic word. If that's coming, if it's from God that's or if good. it's from the soul 
or I said, there's like you can there's a spirit. The word will come in right up front. If the first thing that hits you is fear, you're reading at minimum something that is not the way he said it, because that's not how he speaks to us. It's not how he speaks to us. And so that's a distortion. So that's part of what we want to do is is not just put this big demand on. We need higher level profits. We need higher accountability. We need higher systems there. It's like we, you know, if we if we got the people uh, learning how to hear the voice of God, how to judge for themselves, how to turn their own knower, the truth, the Holy Spirit that teaches us. You know, Paul in one place says we have no need that men would teach you. But he's not saying don't listen. But he's still one also says prophetic and prophecy. Everyone should do. So what's he saying is like. Well, in some ways, you have need that no one, theoretically, because he can teach you and the Holy Spirit can be your teacher. But he is going to tell you some things, some missing pieces of the puzzle are going to come from your brothers and sisters. So if you think you're going to get it all, just you straight, you and God, you're missing out on a lot. That's that's a big God God is like... um... My observation, you know, to know the ways of God, what part of his ways is he's not going to let you do it alone. You can try and do it alone, but he's going to make you depend on someone else's uh, confirmation, affirmation, sudden word that they don't even know they gave. They just made an observation and all of a sudden they clicked and you go, that's it. That's what he's waiting for. And they go, what? What are you talking about? They don't even right. They don't even know they gave exactly. it sometimes. So God is not going to um, take that out of the equation otherwise we would just think we were all holy and could do it on our own fly solo everywhere yeah yeah so well listen let's uh uh, emily if you'll put that thing up one last time maybe we'll ask johnny to pray here johnny unfiltered.com so if you have questions even as of today we just probably gave you about a thousand more questions to ask through that you'll say what about this or what about that so uh, keep it short because we can't read long things but keep it really don't give us details that, that we don't need, but put put in there what we can ask for. Johnny, uh, would you pray for the people as we close out, close out today? Amen. Lord, we just thank you for this time together, and we thank you that it is in your heart to uh, communicate with your sons and daughters, and, and you understand that it's been frustrating. It's frustrating for so many of yeah. your sons and daughters who are doing their best uh, attempting to hear from you. And so we thank you, Lord. This is a, yeah. a time and season where you're going to uh, allow your voice to be better known, not so much because you're speaking louder, but because your sons and daughters have begun to press in into you in a new way and turned on their uh, the receivers and yeah. lift up their antennas. And so, Lord, we just pray that for everyone listening right now, that they would understand that hearing communication from you is for every single person. And and being able to pass on your communication is for every single person. As Paul said, I would that you all prophesy. And so that you you desire for us to be those who can bless people through that communication as well as be blessed by it. And so, Lord, we just pray even uh, right now through uh, through this agreement and prayer that the heavens would be opened over your sons and daughters for a new level of faith. Um, for their nightlife to be different in the sense of their dreams and that they would begin to receive and perceive your communication in dreams, Lord, and that they would begin to receive and perceive your communication during the day, Lord, even in your in their daydreams and in, in different yeah. things you're doing, Lord. We're learning that it, it, this, this word perceive is so much about the prophetic and that there mm-hmm. would be 
a fine tuning of perceiving your voice and your communication. Lord, we just thank you for um, um, for the things going on in our world right now that tell us that you are doing a great work, Lord, that uh, as we lift our eyes, as, as we turn on uh, the telescope and the microscope to see you in an increased way, at times when we can't see you, we, we choose to magnify you until we can see what you're doing. We can see that what you're doing on planet Earth right now is a great thing. It's a time mm-hmm. for your kingdom to be revealed as never before. The era of the kingdom of heaven is upon yes, us. Showtime for heaven, and and what is uh, you know what is difficult for us. The pain of the moment is designed just to awaken us to be those who can better run and walk with you as as those who will demonstrate your kingdom in every place of society, Lord. We just thank you for that. Lord, let your grace be upon your sons and daughters even right now. Let the, a new joy come to them, a new hope, a new pay, peace. Yeah. Lord, hope, the coals of hope be uh, blown on right now, Lord, and let that be ignited in your sons and daughters as never before. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much, Tony. That was very rich, very deep. That's really good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun to see the questions that come out of that. And uh, we'll take the most common questions that are that have not been answered. We'll just keep going forward on this. So thank you very much. All right. We'll see you again. Have a great day. See you tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.